You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. I am your host, Andy Grant. Uh, this is episode 70, and this is one of those programs where we are being driven by current events. We do not have any official guests, an official agenda, but with the unfolding sexual harassment scandal around Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, and then the viral, viral rush of so many women coming forward with, with the hashtag MeToo, um, just posting that, just saying that they've experienced sexual harassment. Um, anything from, from harassment and improper ad- advances on them, indecent proposals, um, all the way up through rape, um, is just, it's the talk of the town, <laughs> for, for lack of a better word. So we're going to have an open discussion on that tonight. Um, with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. I'm really glad that we're going to be tackling this tonight because yeah, it's, I think it's like a, a discussion that... Uh, we've never talked about here on Real Men Feel, and um, it's something that's been talked about for so many years. And now, as you mentioned, this big explosion that's that's taking place. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's good timing for for us to just dive into the waters. Right. Yeah, that's. I'm glad again when when some the the idea of the show is to have conversations with what's showing up in the world. So that that you can be part of it by by listening or being part of the live show or taking something that we shared and running with it in with your own family, with your friends, with your circle of influencers, right? So our circle of influencers includes one Lori Grant. So say hello, Lori. Hello, um, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go really old fashioned. Uh, so Lori is here. Lori is here for most shows, but I really wanted to, she's, she's my wife. Um, so she is a real woman who feels. <laughs> and, um, you know, so this is our best attempt to have as well-rounded a discussion as we can. Um, we did put the call out and invited anyone that wants to join us can be part of the show. Um, so maybe more will join us as we go along. But um, so Harvey Weinstein, big Hollywood producer, I believe it's over 30 women now have, have come forward with an accusement of sexual harassment. Um, anything from being overly flirtatious up through and including rape so far. And then that has resulted in um, more men being called out, more men in position of power in the entertainment industry, mostly. Um, and I had heard of Harvey. Um, I 
I'm, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild. I just from doing background work on, on movies that are shot in Massachusetts. But I've uh, always been interested in filmmaking and follow it. So I knew him and I knew he had this reputation of being an asshole, like one of the meanest people um, in anywhere. And just if you go to his bad side, you were in trouble. Um, and that's just from being a movie fan. I know I did not hear about um, his sexual harassment. And really, it's, it's beyond sexual harassment. What he's being charged with is just being a sexual predator. So, so Appy, I wonder, when you first heard this story, and as it got bigger and bigger, what, what was your first impressions? Did you have an initial reaction to all? I did have an initial reaction, and it's like, isn't it interesting how, how we see somebody who was quite obviously a sexual predator and rather proud of the fact get elected to the highest office in the land, and yet somebody who is pretty much... I would say at the same level as that, uh, if not more so, than have what really should have happened during the presidential campaign now finally happening, happening with somebody else who was in a position of great power, who abused that power. And now it's, it's, everything is coming back. I mean, the law of karma is definitely playing out. And it's, it's happening with you know, compound interest. But my initial visceral reaction, to be completely honest, was one of disappointment. It was one of disappointment. It was one of sadness. It was one of, it's like, wow. You know, how, how unfortunate that here's somebody who has brought so much joy to the world in, form, in the form of many of the movies that he was, you know, that he had a direct hand in either creating or, or, or shepherding into the world. And on the backside, there's like this really, really, really dark thing that was going on. And it just, it just made me so sad and so, and at the same time, be reminded of the, how we how we tend to segment things as human beings. I'm not going to I'm not going to use the label hypocrisy or double standards or anything like that. Although they came to my mind, it's that we just seem to be very much aware and just segment certain things. And you know, we get outraged when it's convenient, and we we justify when it's not convenient. And I think all of this is very much a representation of what's going on in our society as a whole. And, and, and Laurie, what was your in, initial reaction and feelings as, as this story was blowing up? I wasn't surprised. <laughs> Men in power. It goes hand in hand. I, 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 think, I think if you talk to the women of the world, I mean, I think we're seeing it, you know, with just the hashtag Me Too, that men in power abuse it. And the easiest people to abuse it are women because we we cover it up. We just, we justify you doing it. I mean, and that's the whole point of the me too is to, to, to say no more. Um, you know, you need a job, you, you have an option, you go along with it or you lose your job and it, the, the people in power run it. I mean, you know, we went through it with Roger Ailes. You saw Bill O'Reilly, you see, you know, I, I think sometimes the liberals would like to say it's only the conservative men who do that, right? You saw Donald Trump do it. And Bill, each Bill Cosby. 
right? right. Bill Cosby, mm -hmm. Bill Clinton. For each one of the, the men that do it, think about how many women had to come forward before the other men believed it. Yeah, indeed. Think about that. One woman comes out and says something. She's a lunatic. She's making it up. She just wants money. Blah, 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 right? Whatever it is, no one ever just believes her. Mm -hmm. No one. So when you she say- wants something. Yeah, there's always like this, like Ulterior God, motive. you should actually be telling the truth. Like, <laughs> what does she have to gain from it? Right? So Courtney Love, 12 years ago, I read this, right? To earlier today, Courtney Love, 12 years ago, on the red carpet, said never go to a party that Harvey Weinstein invites you to in his, in his at the Ritz Hotel, in his room. <laughs> and what happened to her? No one believed her. And she got kicked out of the CAA, right? The creative whatever agency she was a part of. Mm -hmm. They booted her. Okay? And no one believed her because she was on drugs and alcohol. And somebody smartly responded, oh, maybe she was on drugs and alcohol because she was trying to forget about all the abuse that she's gone through in her life. <laughs> yeah. When, when I first heard the details of Harvey and, like, his answering the door in his bathrobe and saying, hey, wouldn't you like to give me a massage? It... I thought it was funny. I just thought it was so ridiculous. Well, like, what an ass. This is like a bad porn movie this guy's been watching. Um, <laughs> and, but then hearing about all the women and some famous women, some big actresses and models that in that situation didn't feel empowered enough to say, no, you're a loser, goodbye. They were 20 years old, needing that first job, needing that big Miramax movie, right? Um, so they went along, they gave the massage. And hearing accounts of him like chasing people naked and blocking their exit. I just, it became, it went from uh, silly and what a funny asshole to, wow, this, this guy really is sick and he is, is this predator. He's, he's on the mm -hmm. attack to a level that I just had no, no idea. And what's really unfortunate is that he, re, he reinforced the, the, the cliche of the casting couch. Right. But it's, it's bigger than him. So yeah. like, like mm -hmm. he, he might've brought it to light, but the truth is it happens in every job at every age. My first job, I was 16. My very first day on the job, I was working at a pizza joint, a pizza joint, like the local one in town, right? That everybody, everybody goes to. The girl who was working behind the counter with me as she was training me, leaned over to me and whispered quietly, never go into the walk-in fridge when so-and-so is around. Wow. Okay. I was 16. She, she might've been 17. You know, I mean, so what happened to her that she had tell, she had to tell me that I wasn't on the job an hour and she was telling me that I never walked into the refrigerator without, with him around, by the way, never. Okay. Because you didn't know. And I will say like two months later, the, the owner of the place was giving me shots of Uzo for New Year's. Okay. I was 16. Oh gosh. Wow. Right. So, you know, things aren't now in the, it happens like at the time I didn't think much of it. Right. Like no one grabbed me. No one did anything, but there was, you know, looking back, I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That maybe wasn't so cool. Right. So it, it happens. I mean, in my other jobs, I certainly went through that in because I, you know, I was working at a, in a computer room in the, in a bank in the 1980s. 
which so it was just starting the like the the IT side of things and it was a very male dominated and I mean I had a boss that every Monday when I walked into work my boss asked me if I had sex over the weekend wow every Monday that's sexual harassment so yeah. was, was, was that was that it. acceptable just, like what did you answer did you did it bother you like you're an asshole and I would walk away but he he did it to everyone you know I wasn't special he did it to all of us I mean every single one of us he treated that way there was back then right that was 1982 1983 we had an HR department. There was no such thing as sexual harassment. There wasn't, there wasn't someone to go complain. Like it was years and years later before that became the norm. Like you, you could go and actually talk to somebody. I mean, you could really go and complain, but it, you ended up losing your job. Right. What happened was all the guys were like, what's the big deal? So you ended up being the one without a job. That's why people never said anything. It, it, no. It's not, I don't think it's a lot different today, sadly. It I think isn't. places to go for it, but I still think overall you end up losing your job or you get transferred or you get pegged as the problem person and you don't, you, you don't move up the corporate ladder. And I think that's why women still don't say anything because it's such an issue around who's in charge because unless the owner of the company like puts out zero tolerance and sticks to it nobody else has you don't have a shot because again he doesn't do that to anybody else i've never witnessed it since this whole uh, attitude and, and before we started recording i said you know years ago it was more accepted and now it's not accepted as much anymore and and laura you really responded to that that notion of it used to be accepted yeah, no, it was never accepted. It was just that there was no, there wasn't, there was literally no one to go complain to because it was all men. Like you couldn't, like I could go to HR and say something and they'd go, well, we'll talk to the boss and see, but if it's your boss, who do you, what happens? and if the next, like my boss's boss used to say, hey, run up to the cafe and get me a coffee, would you? So if, that, if that's the person they're going to report his actions to, what are the odds that it would be, you know, that it would be stopped? Right. And that's, I, mean, I think. They didn't think anything of it. It was normal for them, but it was still freaking harassment and yeah. abuse for us. That, that speaks a lot to what's going on and why it's still so pervasive because in the higher levels of management at most companies, it still is dominated by men. And when you have a bunch of, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether they're gay or straight, but it's predominantly straight men, that quote unquote locker room talk that type of stuff is so normal, they honestly do not think of it as being out of the ordinary. And right. so there's nobody there to call attention to it. And so when you have all of, you know, if, we, if, if, there, if there is more women there who can speak without that fear of repercussion, then 
yes, no, they're, they're, the conversation can, can change. Not to mention the fact that people can feel safer about saying no. So without, it, it, is sexual harassment such a part of American culture that it can't be going away? If, if so many people see it as normal, it's, is it's, there a problem? There is a problem. So it's very much like how Black Lives Matter works. We need white people to acknowledge that there's white privilege in order to make changes. Mm-hmm. We need men to realize that it's not normal what they mm-hmm. talk about. That in jest, like those jokes, the like all the all the little rape jokes. The you know, I mean, I I remember hearing you know, women can't be raped with their skirt up and with a man's pants down and a woman's skirt up. She can never be raped, right? Because she could get up and run away. Is the concept right? So. <laughs> Because <laughs> I could see, Andy, your total look of like, I don't understand that. <laughs> right. Again, I'm married so, to you. I was raised by a mom. I don't, you're like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> so, but right, so this, this was like a, a comment that used to get made all the time. Basically blaming the victim once again. And, and that's how it always is for, for this, is um, women get blamed for men's actions. Um, the verbiage around it is that way. She, a, a woman was raped, not a man raped a woman. Right. He did the rape. It's always, she was raped. She was, she's the victim of domestic violence. There's no mention of him in those statements. So until we start really saying, no, a man did this, and that the jokes, the catcalls, the, the, the comments, the locker room talk, until the, you men start calling one another out when you're doing it from the get-go then the locker room talk stops like the idea that this locker room talk you're denigrating and uh, you're you're just objectifying women and as as soon as you guys all think it's okay in the locker room it's okay outside of the locker room because ultimately that's how you feel i have to jump in here quick because i need to say that as a man I have been in positions where I can say something. Unfortunately, it needs to be other straight men who call out other straight men to on the floor and call them out and say, this is not acceptable. Because as a gay man, of course, I was grouped into the other. I was the one who was excluded as well. And so I was never in that position to be able to call people out. I'd, well, and I'd say... It's our job, no matter who we are, to call it out. I agree. But men so, have to call out straight, straight. Men have to call it out as well. It yes. can't just be women calling it out because men will just turn around and say, "Oh, you're just overreacting. Yeah, get that, a joke. Get that's over." That's a real it. thing. Because I, I, so all right. I'm a white heterosexual American male. I am sure I have sexually harassed women without meaning to, without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know when I was younger and stupider that I was young and stupid. Um, and I intentionally harassed women. Um, like sixth and seventh grade, I was the, the asshole kid that was snapping bras and grabbing boobs. So, so the bullies and the tough guys, they would think I'm one of them, right? I, look, I'll, I'll go pick on this girl so that you guys don't pick on me or it'll make you, you guys laugh. Um, but again, I as a man here today, I don't know what sexual harassment is. What, 
when is it you can't joke like locker room talk like if it's if it's guys with guys like well that chick's really hot if that's is that harassment it's not sexual harassment that because you're not saying it to her but what you're doing is you're you're objectifying the woman and you're making her less than human so then maybe not you but somebody else goes out and now you get the wolf whistle you get the cat call because they're not human. We're not human. You walk down the street. Hey, baby, want to have a good night? Right? Like, really? Like, has that ever worked in the history of mankind? Has it ever worked? Yeah. I, I, I've seen it work. I've seen some women say, you know, they like that to happen. They like getting that attention. But again, so that's where I'm like, is the line, you know, verbiage? Or if the one says, hey, shut up and like, oh, fine. But, you know, is it pushing it beyond when someone else says, no, that's enough? Um, I, like, I'm really, and I think a lot of guys don't know either. They don't know what, like, Woody Allen got in trouble. He said, you know, we don't want it to be so that you can't whistle at someone at work. Well, even that, like, oh, I don't think, you know, whistling at someone in the office space does seem ridiculous to me. Right. But, but I know lots of people that are in relationships that met at work. Right. And so it took that, hey, you want to go out tonight? Hey, I mean. So, so asking someone out on a date is very different from maybe somebody walking up and that little pat on the ass, a little, you know, uh, a glance down at the chest, you know, like all the things that are not appropriate. The physical stuff is obvious. I, I, right. I think the but average man gets that. You'd be surprised how much went on. You'd be surprised how much goes on. Yes. Like no. The little like walking by and brushing up against you and oh excuse me and there there was there's there's a lot of little little things that you know you realize you know you just like oh right like mm -hmm. I mean I I can recall many a times so it's um and I was raised with five brothers so I I want to put that out there so I was very accustomed to hearing things and. I sadly was very accustomed to letting it ride. Like that was the norm, that talk, that stuff, no big deal. But the truth is it just keeps perpetuating the whole situation. And it sounds like, oh, it would be great if they could all just talk like that in the locker room. What's the big deal? But the big deal is it's kind of icky. Cause you, you really like, basically you know nothing about the person. It's like, she's hot and I want to hit her. And I don't mean that physical, you know, like hit, like a violent hit. You guys know, right? Yeah. I would hit that, right? So that statement, right? Maybe not the worst thing in the world, except that the more it goes on, exactly what happened with Donald Trump. He made those comments and half the freaking people, including women, said it was just locker room talk. So locker room talk becomes actions yep. because the more you do it, the more it becomes approved of. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, right? How many women came out and said, he definitely did that to me, but no one will believe them because men in power, for some reason, and this goes for women as well, we don't believe them. It's like, where's the proof? Where's the right? Like, which is absurd. So this like, kind of goes mm -hmm. back to a, a level of of white male privilege. That right. the, the man is believed, and you've got to prove it. And right, you, you have know, to what, like have 
all the tons of proof. And if someone is harassing you, right? Like we we saw we saw what happened, right? When um, last year, when the woman was raped and she was intoxicated and she was unconscious, and people are like, well, what did she expect? Mm-hmm. That was the that's the response, right? So we <clears throat> battle it on so many so many levels because we are ultimately consistently held responsible for a man's crappy actions. So women are objectified by every level of our society and culture. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and it's it, not just I'm, Western culture either. Every oh yeah, no. culture. Right. Every culture is like that. And some are far worse than others. I mean, look in the Islamic world, how women essentially have to, you know, cover up. You know, it wasn't so much, you know, if you look at pictures of women in the Islamic world 50 years ago, they weren't all wearing hijabs or anything like that. More and more, you know, it's like you have to cover up, you have to cover up because you're responsible for the fact that I can't control myself as a male, uh, you know, for my sexual impulses. And, and, and it's the same with Mike Pence. Right. He won't Absolutely. go anywhere without his wife because he's right. a man. He can't control his penis. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, is you, that true? Like, and, and you can go all the way down to the, the elementary school and the junior highs and the high schools. The dress codes are so much stronger for women because men can't control, the boys can't control themselves. Mm-hmm. So we are taught from the get-go, dress appropriately so that they can handle it. Yeah. Like everything, everything around it is everything around women's <laughs> existence, sadly, has been to make sure that you guys are all safe. Yeah. Right. And then when you don't act like that, when you aren't good, then we're responsible for that behavior because we drank too much. We dressed inappropriately. We said the wrong thing. We flirted. We went out on the date and had drinks. We actually trusted you. What, you know, whatever it is, we're ultimately, you know, what did you do, right? Like, think back with Mike Tyson, right? The girl that he raped. Well, what was she doing in his hotel room? Well, maybe she just went back for a freaking drink and she said no, and that wasn't enough. And so what, did, what happened? She got blamed. Because she had the audacity to go back to his room, but maybe not want to have sex. So men are just these reactionary, uncontrollable beasts, and women really. You, so you really have the power, but we act like you have no power, <laughs> and then we and we give you the power just in the sake of it's your fault, and so we can blame you. Right, right. I mean, you you have all the power, right? The patriarchy has the power, right? I mean, in this society, for sure. Um, but again, in this, these sexual relations, we act. The, the the myth is that men are powerless when right. the female form presents itself. Right. Yeah. So, you carry uh, on. Right. Right. Like, Harassment is in our genes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just have these urges that you can't possibly control. Right. And that's like that goes all the way back. Right. Like I mean, I can remember as a kid. Right. You better be careful because they can't control themselves. Like women, all we have this massive amount of control over our physical urges. Right. It's like no. Well, no, we're just not assholes. We just don't, we don't go, oh, and I'm not saying that there are some women that will, will force. And I'm not saying that for one second, that that does not go on. But the majority of the issue is not that. Um, The majority of the issue is it's powerful men or 
you know, someone that's one level up above you. So that, just someone a more powerful than the female's the position somewhere. So right. what, one thing I've noticed in, in all the, the, the big public cases with, with, uh, at, at Fox News um, and politics in, in all, all the media, it's, it's very old men. It's all these men in their 70s. So that made me like, oh, so is, is this thing something that is dying off with a generation? Are the younger generations, are they more open? No, no. In fact, I will, we'll use the example of Uber's ex-CEO, Larry Kalanick. You know, he's technically a millennial. And he, you know, I mean, just if you read all of the reports, of course, I wasn't there present. I can't say that, yes, he was responsible. But according to all of the reports that have come out, uh, you know, it's like the, the culture of sexual harassment that existed at Uber started at the top and was fostered and in some ways even encouraged by visits to, to escort bars in Asia and memos that were circulated about consensual sex between, between, between you know, adults at, at, at holiday parties and things like that. So, so it's, it, a lot of it does, I think a lot of it does boil down to that, that privileged whitener culture. In fact, not long ago, I was listening to a, I can't remember whether it was, um, which podcast it was. It's either Hidden Brain or TED Radio. I think it was Hidden Brain about, um, about the hookup culture. And hookup culture on, ca on, on college campuses is hyper-heterosexual, almost entirely privileged white men who really love this hookup culture. And, and you see that, you know, the, you know it, it's, 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 it's like there are certain segments of society where it's almost like encouraged and considered to be part of, a, you know, that rite of passage and almost part of being that part of that particular part, uh, segment of society. And so, you know, people, even younger generations, if they come from that, and if that is just part of their lives, then they're not, they're not immune to it at all. But, most, but in the general sense, I would say that younger generations are far less tolerant of that type of behavior. So is that because of education at the elementary school, at the high school level? You know, are people being taught that the stereotypical rape culture isn't the way to go and that, that a man can choose something differently or, or, or what, what possibly can turn this around? We talked about much more often today. Like yes, rape, I think that's fair. Like sexual crimes were never talked about, right? It was always whispered. It was like, it was women that were raped or attacked. That it, there was so much shame with it, right? It was always this very private, private thing. So the fact that we can talk about it and we don't have to be ashamed and like the people who should be feeling shame are the people that are doing the attacking, not the people that are being attacked. In any level, any molestation of any kind, right? The more verbal we are, the more we bring it to light, the more it can be talked about and people can start to realize how wrong it is. So I think on that level, I think it's much more open. I think people are much more aware. I think the rape culture thing, I think that's still we have a long, long ways to go with that. Um, you know, we, we see it, you know, the, 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 the woman that was raped behind the, the dumpster, the guy was caught, right? He was caught 
having sex with this woman uh-huh. while she was unconscious. And the judge gave him six months because he didn't want it to impact his life too much. Because it came from that particular segment of society. Right, who's the nice white, right, who's the nice white wealthy kid. They posted about his swim times because he was a big swimmer, you know? And then her story was, well, she was drunk at a party. So they sort of like made him the victim instead of her. Mm-hmm. and. That's rape culture. Yeah. That's rape culture, right? Like, oh, the poor boy. Like, and that's sort of what women were taught. Like, we don't want to upset them when they do something wrong. Did we misinterpret it? Did me, we, you know, I read this fabulous article today about how she never came forward because she thought she may have misinterpreted his actions. The man who, um, she, they were partying and she, she didn't really want to have sex and kept saying no, but then he, he did it anyway. And she's like, well, maybe I just didn't say it. You know, I wasn't forceful enough, whatever it was, you know, and sort of excusing that behavior. When another man flashed her, well, maybe he didn't really do it on purpose. I don't, I don't really know. And so it's that whole, we constantly, because no one else believes us, we stop believing ourselves when something so obvious happens. And it's just, it's, scary because we, we we don't come forward and that's why so many people you know we you see all the me too's but you don't see the women who won't write it because they're not sure if it really happened or they're so uncomfortable admitting that it happened or telling anyone else that they're not posting it and it's, it's so it definitely as a man watching this it seemed like there's a safety numbers that like the bravest person has to say this happened to me Right. And, and much like so many subjects that we talk about here each show, Apio, mm-hmm. once someone breaks the silence about any issue, others feel empowered and can feel that courage to speak up. But I get it. Like, if Absolutely. someone, if a woman accuses a man, you know, hours after something's happened, she's just not believed and no, you're just, you're after something. And if she waits 10 weeks, months, years, well, why'd she wait? Well, she must be making a bell. Why are you bringing it up now? So it, it, right. yeah, they, exactly. they can't, there's no winning time. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw a whole wrinkle into this whole thing to kind of put men into a position, straight men in particular, into a position of really thinking about this. Because let's say, you know, if you were to, you know, if you were to use the image of a woman starts, you know, making all of these comments to you and you, you know, you're somewhat attracted to her or whatever, you think that she's, you know, beautiful or whatever, and she starts making all of these comments in the typical straight male's mind, it's not that big of a deal. But now let's change it around a little bit. Now let's say a male colleague is the one making those comments to you. The, you know, you may think, yeah, yeah, this, this guy works out at the gym all the time. You know, you, you have no sexual interest in him whatsoever. You just recognize that there's like a, you know, this, this guy's, awesome cool whatever but he's the one who's making those advances or he's the one who's making those comments he's the ones who who you know maybe occasionally you know kind of just accidentally kind of brushes up against your crotch or whatever and you know just these things that just make you kind of feel ew yuck what's going on here that's the feeling that a lot of women go through 
women may not necessarily, they may think that you are attractive. They may like you in many, many ways, but they may not have any sort of sexual interest in you whatsoever. And so, you know, to, to think, you know, the, you know, the straight male being hit on by a gay male is essentially the straight woman being hit on by the straight man. But you can do it the other way around. Like imagine a, your bo- like you have a female boss mm-hmm. and you're happily married. Yes. And your female boss comes up and says, hey, why don't we go out for a drink tonight? I want to talk to you about such and such after work. Not a big deal, right? Like, okay. You go, and the next thing you know, she's, you know, reaching across the table, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's out as a work thing, and then it becomes, and you have no intention of cheating on your wife. Yeah. You're completely uncomfortable, and she's made it like you don't really have an option. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what it's like. And then you sit there, and you're like, what do I do? Oh, my God, do I do? You know? And so, and worse if you're single. Because if you don't have an out, like you can say, look, I'm not messing around on my wife. But if you're single, you know, when I was single for a long time in my, in my mm-hmm. world, like, and you just don't, you know, it's so normal. It was so normal. Like we would talk about it. Like I remember my, you know, my best friend, I'd be like, I, I can't even believe he freaking does this stuff. How does he get away with it? You know, when we get together now, we're like, oh, if that was today, he would have been fired in like two seconds. Right. But none of us, not one of us ever said anything. And, you know, Lori, the, the, the example that you use, it exists, but is not common enough for men to be able to really be able to relate to it. I mean, it, they can perhaps imagine themselves in that situation and it being very, very awkward, but it's hard because it's, there aren't as many women in power who potentially could hold that, you know, their position. Right. And it's still the distorted, you know, I, just and want I never want women, women to get like that. Uncomfortable. Exactly. How uncomfortable does it feel? How uncomfortable does it feel? That's really the, you know, what we're trying to get at here. And plenty so of the same culture. A, a man in that situation would like, great. My boss wants to sleep with me. And she's hot. Great. <laughs> Just like, you know, the female <laughs> teacher that seduces a, an, a minor boy, is, yes. that kid's celebrated. But if it's reverse, oh my God, lock, lock, lock her up. Lock that guy up. And it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be celebrated either way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> Or it is to some extent. Another article I read today I thought was really good was um, a guy goes, he he does a, he trains the the armed forces and he goes in and he puts the male symbol on one side of the board and a female symbol on the other side of the whiteboard and he asks the men what they do to prevent sexual attacks. Hmm. And the men just... One guy, like, there's always the one response, don't go to prison. That's the response from the male side. How do you, do you, you know, how do you prevent sexual attacks on yourself? And then he goes, okay, women, how do you do it? And then the the board is just filled up with all the different things that they do, that we do, every day, all the time, without thinking about it, because we've been trained that we need to prevent it. Every single day. You know, like, you are- that's because we live, and I would say, I will say all women do this. We live constantly with 
what's our responsibility to make sure we don't get attacked? So, you know, simple as you always have the keys in your hand with the keys facing out, right? When you walk in the, in the parking lot, you park under a light all the time. You never get in your car without checking the back seat. You, you know, but you, when you're with friends, you never ever leave until they drive away too. You, ne you, you know, so all the things, right? You do everything together. You don't go out to a club by yourself. You go with your friends. You don't, you, you make sure you leave with your friends. You, you know, all these things that are so innate in our lives are all there because we don't feel safe. And then guys go, I don't understand. Why are you being so protective? What's the problem? You know, and it's like, are you kidding? If we don't and something happens, then we're like, what were you doing out by yourself at, the, at the, a bar? Why were you at a club? Why were you all drinking? What were you thinking, right? So all those things, it's an every minute, every day kind of thing that we carry and do automatically. Hmm. That I don't think men even think about, except that we do it because you guys were the predators. Sorry, so, so, so not what, saying specifically. What, so <laughs> to, to take it back to, to, to the workplace where it's, it's you know, there are, there are laws and um, everyone should feel safe or, and yeah, should just feel safe, period, at, at work. Um, what, can, what can a man do who is not a sexual predator and is horrified that this kind of thing has been happening to so many women? What, what can he do? Speak. I'm losing I, you. Oh, sorry, am, am I lost again? Am I back? You're back. No, I, Andy, I, you, go, you broke up. I didn't hear you. Oh, oh, all right. Let me take it again then. <laughs> what, to take it back to work, for a man who is not a sexual predator, um, what can he do to, to support women? So anytime you see it, say something. So to the like, woman, to the man? who? To who, the man. So to, men confronting men that this is not okay would make it a safer place for everybody. Yep. And make sure the woman knows too that you, you, that she can count on you to be like, that's not cool. If you have an issue, you can talk to me. I'll go to HR with you. I'll do whatever, you know, she might not want to, like you can't force somebody to do it, but um, let them know, like I have your back. It's sort of like, um, it's so similar to the white privilege thing, right? So white privilege is for women and men that are white, but th this white privilege, white male privilege is for, you know, is, is, is for men. Um, when, when the Muslim ban was going on and people said wear the safety pin so that someone would know that you've got their back if something happens. Things like that. Maybe there'll be some other movement for the women. I would love to see it that says, you know, like, hey, if you're if you witness it, if you're if you feel afraid, if you feel unsafe, I'm going to have this, you know, I'm wearing something that says, you know, you can come and, come, you know, I'll help you or mm -hmm. you can stand by me, make sure I make sure that you're safe. I'm not going to let anyone grab you. Um, it's. We don't innately, we, do, we won't, like if we're being harassed by someone, we're not going to go to another guy and talk to him about it. Yeah. 
because we don't trust that it's going to matter. So start to say it matters. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. Create a, you know, if you're in the corporate world, create a diversity program there. Have a conversation and say, hey, I'd like to bring, can we bring someone in who specializes in rape culture? There's women and men out there who teach it to help us so that we know what to look for and what not to look for. We know what to do. You know, if I think I'm saying, like, there's a big difference between, you know, I used to go out and party with some of the people I worked with and we would have a good time, but there was no, there was, firstly, it was coworkers. It wasn't bosses so much. And there wasn't, um, we, we didn't, um, there was no sexual stuff going on. So you, you want to have, you don't, you want to have that, you want to be able to have a relationship with the people you work with, right? You want to be able to go out and have a drink with them or whatever, go out to lunch with them. But if you don't feel safe, that's, that's, that's not pleasant. It's not a good feeling to not, you know, to, to not feel safe. I remember walking down the hall, I had lost a bunch of weight and I remember walking down the hall and I was wearing a dress and one of the guys I worked with just walked right up to me and I don't think he meant anything sexual by it. I'd like to think he didn't, but he walked right up to me and put his hands on around my waist and went, wow, you got so little. I'm thinking that really wasn't appropriate. And I know it wasn't because I got all igged out. So we had, you know, but he didn't like, he wasn't groping me. I think he was trying to make a compliment. It's a lot easier to just go, wow, you lost weight. You look good. That's, that, that doesn't necessarily, that's a very different from as he's walking down the hall, he reaches out and grabs me by the waist to tell me how little I got. That is kind of, you know, right? So it's not about not having relationships with people that you work with. It's about figuring out where it's appropriate and where it isn't. You know, like what can you say? What can't you say? And some of it is going to be, um, who you are, right? Like I was very used to crude talk. I mean, I have five brothers, like I said. So when I used to hang out with the guys I worked with after work on a Friday night, and we would hang out and have a couple of beers. Sometimes they would say things that were like, Ooh, and what I always would say to them is like, if, if it went over the line, I would very calmly, and this was coworkers, not bosses. I would go, yeah, that's over the line. We got to change the subject. And they always honored it. So the problem would have been if they stopped honoring it. And the problem also be if you weren't comfortable enough to speak up and set that right. line too. Right. 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 So on, on all parties, right? Silence is, is a problem. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Right. And silence born silence. out of fear, especially. Right. Exactly. So yeah. in, in the, one of the benefits was it was coworkers. It wasn't bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a boss making that comment. It was just a guy. It was a coworker and not a boss. So I think that makes a big difference. And very rarely would the bosses come and drink with us. They just wouldn't. And I think for that very reason, like the set, the the other place I worked was a lot more, um, a lot more reasonable with that stuff. It wasn't quite the 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 
the abuse wasn't so bad there at, at the other company I worked for um, compared to the bank. The bank was brutal. I mean, I mean, it was just notoriously awful. I mean, yeah, I've read that, you know, um, uh, financial entertainment are some of the top fields where this is. And again, power, money is power, fame is power. So right. th at those upper echelons of someone's feeling so powerful or principle right. that I will use, you know, right. and, and yeah. so I do want to, I want to get to this point. Cause I, I Okay. I open this show kind of confessing. I'm not sure what sexual harassment is. There, there does need to be some education. So I looked it up, and this, I've got the government's definition of sexual harassment. So it is unlawful to harass a person, an applicant or employee, because of that person's sex. Harassment can include sexual harassment, unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and other verbal or physical harassment of a sexual nature. Harassment does not have to be of a sexual nature, however. It can include offensive remarks about a person's sex. For example, it is illegal to harass a woman by making offensive comments about women in general. I had no idea that it was that specific. Um, both the victim and the harasser can either be a woman or a man, and the victim and harasser can be the same sex. Now, this is part that helps me grasp it, too. So although the law doesn't prohibit simple teasing, Offhand comments or isolated incidents that are not very serious. Harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment. So again, so my perspective, so locker room talk isn't illegal, but if someone says, hey, like you, you pointed out to, to the people you would, Lori, that, hey, you're going too far. That's not appropriate here. Hey, I'm that, cut it out. If people cut it out, it, it's, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. Right. So if it's, so it's when people go beyond it, uh, I don't even know how to phrase this. Cause again, some women are already fearful, so they don't speak up. So right. that is, I can see the predator going, ah, uh, no, it, like Harvey Weinstein is saying it was all consensual because no one punched him in the face or kicked him in the balls to get away. So in his mind, it's consensual. So how do, how do, you know, how can we get around that? How, and I guess this is the big work of, of, of generations and conversations, but how can we empower everyone well, I mean, to speak I, up? I think the, the, the problem with like, you know, in a lot of jobs, in most jobs actually, it's not, if you read the bylaws of the company and stuff, they'll tell you that bosses can't have be in relationships with their co-work, with their with their um, uh, people they manage, right? Manage, right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, right? You can't be. I was going to use the word underlings, but yeah. Right. Yeah, but you can't. And and the reason for that is for the very for the very reason that you know, firstly, there's favoritism if you're involved with the boss, right? There's there's like a million things, and and if you don't feel confident to say no, if you're not comfortable enough to say no to their advances, you end up in the Harvey Weinstein situation. Like, he's got all this power. So they, they specifically make it so that, look at when you're in that role, when you have all the power, you can't be in a relationship with someone who doesn't. It's just not, it's not effective. It's not, it's not fair. And especially when it's not a relationship, when it's just sex. Like, right. he, he knew exactly what he was doing. Like, so my feeling is, like, for people, like, when you don't know... You know, like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I, I'm telling you, you stand in, when you invite someone up to a 
viewing of a movie and you're the only one there and you're in a bathrobe with a bottle of champagne, you knew exactly what you were doing, right? And it's the same thing. Like when you're a predator, you know when you're being a predator. Right. It's these extreme it's, cases are obvious. It's, right. it's everything that leads those to happening that is, right. is where the work is. So, right. And, and some of that is, you know, like if you're not sure, if you're not sure as a man, if you're doing something appropriate or inappropriate, ask the person, ask them. You know, like if you're wondering like, hey, you know what? If I just said that, is that, wow. Was that like not cool? Turn around and say, hey, I know you didn't say anything, but was that not cool? Did that make you feel uncomfortable? Because I realized after I said it that maybe that wasn't so cool. And that, yeah. the problem, like that's more the enlightened, awoken male can do that. Um, and that's I, 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 I imagine the predator folks are, you were buff them, and that fragile, scared little boy, whatever is inside them, comes back hitting right. harder and does all the repercussions and does destroy right. your life. And, so and predators are, are not just predators, they're bullies as well. Right. So, the, so what you asked was what do we do in the workforce? So in the workforce, if they feel a little bit uncomfortable yourselves to ask like what is appropriate, what isn't, what do you like, what don't you? then you can maybe stop the next person over. Like if you ask the women in your, in, that you work with, hey, if I say this or if I send out this meme that has whatever or this joke, if it's not appropriate, will you tell me? Like just put it out there. If this offends you, if, this, if you think this isn't appropriate, will you tell me so that I don't do it again? Because... When I, a lot of times we're not going to say anything, right? Like I was comfortable with the guys that I worked with, but I worked with them for years. Okay. But there were other women that would never go to, to drink because they weren't comfortable enough to say something. And that's where, again, you lose out on um, hanging out with people that you work with and maybe being able to get a promotion later because you, you know them and you want to transfer into their department, right? Like all those things come into play. Right, it's sort of like playing golf and women weren't allowed on the golf course back in the day, right? It was the men's thing. And so the men would make all the deals on the golf course and women never had a shot. And it was, it's sort of, it can happen in the workplace the same way because women don't feel comfortable so they don't go to an after work event. They don't, they avoid them. So the, the goal is for men to ask, just ask, what can we do? to make you feel comfortable and safe mm -hmm. instead of saying, well, they should just feel that way. Well, we don't, we don't always, so, we don't want to be rude. We don't want to mess you up. God forbid your feelings should get hurt. <laughs> so hopefully this whole, the, the, the me too sweeping, you know, every, every man seeing and maybe discovering friends and family members have, have been felt victimized by harassment is going to wake more people up. So that, that seems to be the big, big, biggest thing men could do. Speak right. up. Tell someone that's not cool. Um, right. mm -hmm. we, we talked earlier, we mentioned earlier some different ways to empathize and, and kind of visualization and ways to see this. Have you guys heard of the rock test? Mm -mm. So, uh, some woman shared this and it went kind of viral, but 
If you're not sure what sexual harassment is, this is the rock test. Treat all women like you would treat Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> and that was it. But now, to, to me, like, The Rock is pretty objectified. Like, if I was in person with The Rock, I'd go touch him, too. Like, he's, he's objectified yeah. to me. So it doesn't really work as much to me as I thought of that. So what, what I think is the ultimate test, um, imagine whatever you are doing or considering doing is being done to your mother, to your partner, to your sister, to your daughter. Would you be upset? If yes, stop. Harvey Weinstein was married. Would he like, what would he think about his wife going to someone's hotel room to talk about a new script and the guy uh, answers in his bathrobe and suggests a massage? No, I think you'd be upset. (laughs) (laughs) That that would probably be an entirely other show about... (laughs) You know, just how 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 we process stuff, um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's a good it's a good starting point, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's really important. I think the biggest thing I think for the Me Too is for men to realize just how prevalent it is, mm-hmm. and then say, "Oh my God, have I been part of it? Yeah. And yeah. how do I stop being part of it?" Right, and that's and again, I know I. I I can't imagine there is an American white male that hasn't been part of it because it's part of the culture. You, unless you right. grew up in a cave, like if you right. went to a public, anything is some of this is going to rub off and you've, right. you know, and that's why we call it rape culture. Right. Yeah. So it really is this whole culture of women being second class citizens that like, we just don't matter the same way. And so it's, you know, right. I mean, it, ju- it just is like, it's, you know, we're always taught, right? Like they, we're to right the, the nail polish, you can wear the certain nail polish to put in your drink if you've been at a bar and the nail polish will change color if they put a roofie in it, right? Like somebody created that. And it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice if they could just create a class where they could teach men not to freaking rape, rape women? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Like there's a concept. Right. But again, it's one more tool that a woman is supposed to use to prevent men from harming her. Right. Right. Here's, here's something that I want to talk That's rape culture. That is rape culture. Yeah. I'm going to create, let me teach you self-defense. Well, if you didn't take self-defense, if you don't carry mace, if you don't do this, then aren't you kind of responsible for getting raped if you're out and about? Mm-hmm. Right. That's rape culture. All those things. So, of course, women don't come forward. Yeah. And then when they do, they get annihilated and not believed. I mean, look at um, Clarence Thomas, right? When um, Anita Hill came forward and said everything. I don't know if you guys remember that. I do. I do. If, if you guys remember when. Yeah. yeah. So. That was the same thing, right? Like, well, why didn't she come forward when it happened? Well, because he was a friggin', she would have lost her job. And she was, you know, I had a boss tell me I couldn't have a promotion. I was single, single, not dating, nothing. And a boss told me that he couldn't promote me because I might meet someone and get married and they might get a job far away and I would have to quit my job and move with him. 
I've, yeah, okay. my mom had somebody tell her harassment. that once also. Yeah. That's sexual harassment, right? I literally did not get a job because I might someday get married. And when I worked at the bank, every time a man got engaged or married, he got a promotion. Every single time. Did not happen for women. Mm-hmm. But everything, yeah. because then you, well, they're more committed to work. Like all the, that, that's what you. You know, I, I'd like to toss something in here really quick. Um, and that is, as far as, you know, solutions. Is there a solution? Sure. Is it one solution? Probably not. But there are so many, there are so many, like, the pyramids were built out of two million, you know, blocks. So the solutions are going to ultimately end up being individual, but a good starting point, at least from my perspective, is stop blaming, stop justifying, stop blaming women, stop blaming biology, stop claiming that, well, you know, it's because, you know, we have these, you know, we have these sexual urges and, and, you know, we're just trying, you know, it, it dates back to our evolutionary, uh, you know, how we, back, how we evolved or whatever. Stop justifying, stop blaming. And just saying, you know, this is not acceptable for me. And if I see it, I will say something. I will not say that, you know, I will not say, you know, blaming or pointing the finger or justifying or saying you're wrong or anything like that. It's like, you know what? I personally don't feel comfortable hearing that. I don't think that's right. And put it on yourself and stick it to yourself. It does not take a majority to change minds. Right. But it takes enough people making that decision yeah. and speaking up. Yeah, you have to say something. Yes. I mean, again, yeah, silence is tacit approval, and it goes for men and women. Right. So women, hopefully this change makes women feel safer, more empowered to speak up initially, right? But about anything, about anyone, wherever they, wherever they are, if it's the guy running a car wash or if it's the president of the United States. Like ideally it doesn't matter and they can be believed, but, um, and it's up for men to speak right. up when you see harassment, say something, confront it. It doesn't, doesn't mean you have to get violent. You don't have, have to be Superman. Just, oh. Hey, I, right. I see what's going on here. It's not cool. Cut it out. Right. right? right. Or, or let a woman know that I saw that or like, I, we're not all like that. I'm sorry. How can I support you? But yeah. Right. So open conversation, uh, break the vows of silence. Um, and, and as you were saying, you know, Lord, Lord ask. Yeah. Like, like I'm far, like, I, you know, like I was, I've, I've said, like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what I can do anymore. And some guys, I know some guys are feeling that and I encourage them to voice that frustration as opposed to like, I don't know what to do anymore. So I'm just going to freaking rape everybody. You know, I don't want that right. to be anyone's reaction. <laughs> but like, and, and you're going to get different answers, right? Because some women are going to be like, I don't want you touching me. I don't want this. I don't want that. And other women are going to say, this is where I draw the line. And so, yeah, there's going to be, it's not all going to be the same. And that's okay too. You know, what's acceptable for one woman might not be acceptable for another. And especially if somebody's come from a, you know, a story of um, a, a, a history of abuse. Right. So someone who's been raped and sexually assaulted and all sorts of things, their level of 
um, what they're willing to put up with might be very different than someone who, who didn't come from that. So it's really, it's really honoring each person. And so it's work. Yeah. But you're going to have, like, the whole thing is, friggin' we're worth it. As a humanity, we're worth the work and we're worth the effort of making everybody safer. Right. And, and I don't, you know, we shouldn't, women shouldn't have to feel like we have to be the guardians of every man's actions. Right. Like, oh. That's a huge responsibility for, for women. And we've lived it our whole lives. I read an article today and it was just called Tired. Like we're tired of trying to figure out what you mean when you do this. Was that abusive? Was it not? Was, you know, how, how, do, how did we play into it? What was our responsibility? I mean, we, we're tired. We're tired of it. And we've been taught it from the time we were little. When the little boy hits you and the people go, oh, it's because he likes you. I mean, when you hear that and then you go, hmm, why do women stay with men who beat them? Oh, because they're taught when they were five that when someone hits you, it means they like you. How screwed up is that? Right. So those things like constantly like it teaches women from the get go that we have to figure out what your actions actually mean. Yeah, and it, I mean, using instead of men using their voices and telling us what they actually feel and mean. Right, and so this uh, I'm gonna you know we're gonna wrap this up, but uh, you know I would close again with the invitation. If if uh, your behavior happening to someone that you love would upset you, then that's the big clue that your behavior is not appropriate. Right, I think uh, that's kind of the simplest way to do it. As we're all figuring out what that means. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So um, I, I, you know, I doubt we solved the world's problems this evening, but I do know, <laughs> I do know that conversation. Right. I know this conversation <laughs> leads to others having conversations and, and that's, that's where healing, that's where growth, that's where everybody getting along, that's where everybody feeling safe and empowered. Um, that's the smallest solution. That's the, the, the beginning of our pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's hugely important to be able to talk about it, right? Because we, we've always been taught not to. We've always, because it makes people uncomfortable. Like when you start talking about somebody who reached over and groped you when you were eight years old or 10 years old or 12 years old, when, when you start talking about that stuff, people feel uncomfortable. And when you say it keeps happening and it kept happening and it was the neighborhood kid that everybody liked and it was this one's father who everybody liked and it was that one's older brother and this, you know, so it's not comfortable, but if you, if you can sit with the discomfort, then you give women more and more of an opportunity to share and you teach us and you teach yourselves that it's not okay. Like they, we can share, it's, we, we don't need to be ashamed that that stuff happened. It doesn't need to be a surprise. Yeah. Shouldn't and shame, shame keeps people quiet. Shame keeps right. the silence. So yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And that's like, again, we're finding out harassment is happening to everybody. So it's really nothing to be a freaking shamed of. It's like, right. wow, uh, I don't know. And it, but it, ideally it doesn't become such a constant habitual, you know, uh, every day, every second in America, this is happening. Right.
Yeah. And I've read today, like so many women, like were talking to their husbands and their husbands had no idea that they had had experiences like they had. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, so you're not even telling. See, so, so that's what I mean. Like, we're not even telling the people that we're closest to, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't like when that happened. Right. Well, that was yeah. an icky feeling. These like, are I conversations that enough people aren't having. And that's, the, again, the, the beauty of, you know, when a celebrity comes forward and gets the media attention, it lets all these conversations at home happen. So right. that's the, you know, um, I'm I'm glad Harvey Weinstein decided to to go forward and has sacrificed himself. Unfortunately, it took freaking decades of his abuse to get us to this point where people are talking about it. Well, but he didn't come forward. Women came forward. Yeah, I should yeah. say, it, but yeah, <laughs> women came forward and said, "I've had enough." Yeah. Right. And and how many of them had to before it was believed? That's the right. most frustrating. That's yeah. And that's what shows up for for him and really for uh, Bill Cosby too. But. Cool. Let's, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Thank you, Lori, for joining us tonight, giving um, so much of your insight and experiences. Uh, thank you, Apio, for all of your insights and experiences as well. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in, for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought about this, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Be well. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.